gonna be okay. It's gonna be alright. We raised their children, then raised their buildings, and they made billions. I'm catching feelings. Really? What else did we build? Railroads, Wall Street, the White House and University, UVA. We built that. Chapel Hill. We built that. Pyramids. No, sorry, our Hebrew brothers get credit for that. Miles, let's turn up and get it poppin'. Settle down, we still ain't got nothing. We built this. Welcome to the Fragmented Whole, where we piece together the news and self. I'm your host, Amarachi Anakronye, and I'm honored to share this weekly podcast series with you. The Fragmented Whole examines the isms and phobias that unite and divide us, intrapersonally, interpersonally, and geographically. In each episode, we examine how these ideological frameworks play out in current events and pop culture, and hopefully gain a deeper understanding of how we, one, see and treat ourselves, two, see and treat others, and three, act as social agents of change. The song that opened today's episode, We Built This, was from the season two premiere episode of Blackish that celebrated Juneteenth. Celebrated annually on June 19th, Juneteenth commemorates the announcement of the abolition of slavery in Texas in 1865, nearly two and a half years after President Lincoln issued the Emancipation Proclamation on January 1st, 1863. For those of you that do or do not watch Blackish, the song was preempted when the main protagonist, Dre, who is Black, educated his white colleagues on the role of slave labor in the creation of America. The excerpt you all heard is key to the premise of today's episode in that it remarks on the role of slave labor in the creation of our nation's universities. The song specifically mentions UNC Chapel Hill and the University of Virginia. This episode is one of two centered on mobilization efforts to remove Confederate statues in public spaces. While this week's episode will set the historical and social background of events that have led to the heightened resurgence of efforts to remove Confederate monuments in public spaces, particularly on collegiate campuses, next week's episode will capture and explore the commentary of actual students and faculty involved in mobilization efforts to have Confederate statues removed. Both episodes are centered on the continued efforts of students and faculty at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, hereafter referred to as UNC, and their efforts to have Silent Sam removed from the campus. 
UNC has achieved a number of accolades due to its stellar students, staff, and faculty. Among them being six NCAA national championships, a number 30 national ranking, according to the 2017 U.S. News and World Report Best Colleges Rankings, and a number five ranking among top public schools. Despite such accomplishments, like any institution, UNC has systemic and institutional faults that cannot be concealed with its accolades. Silent Sam has resided at UNC since 1913, 50 years after the Civil War ended. Located in the North Quadrant of the campus and welcoming thousands, Silent Sam is a white male Confederate soldier carrying an unloaded gun. Over a hundred years ago, the North Carolina Division of the United Daughters of the Confederacy commissioned this memorial in honor of the UNC alumni who left the university to serve as Confederate soldiers in the Civil War. Before we proceed any further in talking about mobilization efforts to have Silent Sam removed, let's establish a historical timeline of events that have led us to this point over the past year. On Saturday, August 12th, white nationalist marchers descended on the campus of the University of Virginia in Charlottesville, Virginia, protesting the removal of a monument of Civil War leader General Robert E. Lee. Local officials had voted for the statue to be taken down in a local park. The rally of white nationalists turned violent when a speeding car rammed into anti-racist and anti-fascist protesters. The woman that was hit by the car, Heather Heyer, died in the hospital, and 35 other people were injured. Now, let's not forget how the President of the United States, Donald Trump, placed blame on both the alt-right white nationalists, and what he deemed the, quote, alt-left, unquote, anti-racist counter-protesters for their participation in the rally. You had people in that group that were there to protest the taking down of, to them, a very, very important statue and the renaming of a park from Robert E. Lee to another name. George Washington was a slave owner. Was George Washington a slave owner? So will George Washington now lose his status? Are we going to take down, excuse me, are we going to take down, are we going to take down statues to George Washington? How about Thomas Jefferson? What do you think of Thomas Jefferson? You like him? Okay, good. Are we going to take down the statue? Because he was a major slave owner. Now are we going to take down his statue? So you know what? It's fine. You're changing history, you're changing culture, and you had people, and I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists, because they should be condemned totally, but you had many people in that group other than neo-Nazis and white nationalists, okay? And the press has treated them absolutely unfairly. So I only tell you this, there are two sides to a story. I thought what took place was a horrible moment for our country. It has been said, and I quote, until the lion has his historian, the hunter will always be hero, unquote. 
In the spirit of this African proverb, I asked Trump and members of the alt-right the following question. Is acknowledging that many of the United States founding fathers, and yes, I'm using air quotes, condoned and participated in the subjugation of their fellow Americans truly a negative form of rewriting history or just a recognition of history and an effort to set it right? Now let's fast forward to two days after the Charlottesville rally to Durham, North Carolina. Shout out to the Bull City. Taking matters into their own hands, local activists mobilized to pull down the Bronze Confederate Soldiers Monument. The statue commemorated the boys who wore the gray. The statue had stood in front of the Durham County Courthouse since 1924 when the United Daughters of the Confederacy commemorated it. At the time, it had been over 50 years since the Civil War ended. In the aftermath of Charlottesville and two days after the Confederate Soldiers Monument was removed in downtown Durham, officials at Duke University, a private research university located in Durham, authorized the removal of a statue of Confederate General Robert E. Lee from the campus's chapel entrance after the statue had been vandalized. Unlike such states as Virginia and such private institutions as Duke University, North Carolina has legal statutes that protect the removal of historical monuments on public property. In 2015, the North Carolina General Assembly passed a preemption law that barred the permanent removal of historical monuments located on public property without prior approval from the North Carolina Historical Commission. The current governor of North Carolina and UNC alum, Governor Roy Cooper, has permitted the removal and relocation of Confederate monuments in public spaces with such addresses as the following. I plan to move forward. First, the North Carolina legislature must repeal a 2015 law that prevents removal or relocation of monuments. Second, I've asked the Department of Natural and Cultural Resources to determine the cost and logistics of removing Confederate monuments from state property, as well as alternatives for their placement at museums or historical sites. Third, the North Carolina legislature should defeat a bill that grants immunity from liability to motorists who strike protesters. Terrorists should find no safe haven in our state. Conversations about race and our past are never simple or easy. They're deeply personal and emotional. But we must do what we know is right, and we must do it the right way. Despite support from Governor Cooper and the mayor of Chapel Hill, Pam Heminger, to remove and relocate Silent Sam for the sake of public safety, Silent Sam still stands. The chancellor of UNC, Dr. Carol Folt, and the UNC Board of Trustees have claimed that they are, quote, caught between conflicting legal interpretations of the statute from the governor and other legal experts, unquote. 
Despite this, UNC students, staff, and faculty have continued to mobilize in efforts to raise awareness about the significance of removing Silent Sam to promote a climate of racial inclusivity and equity. The audio clip you heard at the beginning of the episode of The Chance, Tear It Down, was recorded on August 22nd at a Silent Sam removal protest. This was also the first day of classes for UNC students for the fall semester. I attended this Silent Sam protest with my former UNC professor and continued mentor. I am a proud graduate and alumna of UNC, and as much as UNC is a southern slice of heaven that has offered many of its students an array of opportunities, like our nation and the world, UNC has a number of institutional and systemic issues that cannot be ignored or overshadowed by its accolades. For listeners that still question the significance of removing Confederate monuments from public spaces, particularly collegiate campuses, let me paint a picture for you. Imagine every day you go to work, school, home, or wherever you repeatedly go to fulfill a need or want. You have to continuously look at an image that is offensive to you based on your race, creed, ethnicity, gender, religion, sexual orientation, etc. You can't remove this image. Every time you see this image, it makes you feel uneasy, makes you question your value or worth. As much as you may hate or dislike this image, it's hard for you to avoid it. And even if you can avoid it, it's inconvenient. Now, this auditory image I just painted is how many people, particularly black people, feel when they encounter Confederate monuments involuntarily in public spaces, being that these images represent the institutionalized and systemic degradation of people of color in global and world history. If you cannot sympathize or empathize with the scenario I painted, or don't know anyone who has experienced these sentiments, or you've never experienced these sentiments yourself, You have experienced a form of privilege, and I employ you to do one of two things. One, replay and or re-listen to this episode, and or two, listen to next week's episode where we'll delve further into how such symbols as Confederate monuments impact the psyches of those that continuously interact with them. In regards to collegiate settings, while these monuments do not stop students from achieving excellence in their individual pursuits and endeavors, personal accountability is real, y'all. These monuments do facilitate a hostile environment which refutes the ideals that many colleges promote regarding upward mobility, achievement, and equality. These monuments promote a past of racial degradation where white supremacy reigns supreme and any threat to that status quo 
was quelled with violence. Continued food for thought that will hopefully initiate or reinitiate mobilization efforts. I want to thank you all for tuning into this episode of The Fragmented Whole as we explore the ties that unite and divide us to ourselves, our peers, and the environment. Shout out to Marshallese Jedi for the music used throughout this episode and Squarespace for the website design and assistance. I'd like to also reference the News and Observer, the Washington Post, Global News, the Herald Sun, the New York Times, WUNC, the Charlotte Observer, Indie Week, The Atlantic, and Al Jazeera as some of the sources used for the sound clips and content. Be sure to follow The Fragmented Whole on Facebook and Instagram at The Fragmented Whole. W-H-O-L-E and Twitter at Fragment underscore Whole. You can also find this info on the official website www.thefragmentedwhole.com You can also follow me on IG at Hella underscore Chic that is C-H-I-C and Facebook at Amarachi Anacaronye. Tune in next Monday for the second half of this two-part episode on the impact of Confederate monuments in public spaces, specifically collegiate settings, and let's continue to piece together the news and self. Until next time, I'm Amarachi, a fragmented whole, and Tar Hill, and I'm signing out. Be safe, y'all. <laughs>